Welcome to Konoha Crush, a clandestine effort to exhaustively research and document events occurring in and around the village hidden in the leaves. I'm Ruby. I'm Gwen. Hey Gwen, how's, how's it been this last week? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I played Elden Ring. Yeah, you finally got that going? Yeah, I finally got Elden Ring going. Okay, I also played some Elden Ring. Yeah, you've played a lot more than me, probably. I don't know. How, how much Elden Ring have you played? Like... Five hours. Okay, I've played a lot more Elden Ring than you. You've, uh... Yeah, I mean, like, I got Elden Ring going yesterday, and I'm a busy bitch. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I guess there's not a ton to say when you're, like, five hours into it. And also, we're not an Elden Ring podcast. At least this is an Elden Ring podcast. Not yet, we're not. This is the encroaching dread that uh, seeks to consume us all. But I haven't... I once again didn't watch any anime this week. That's my bad. That's on me. I've kind of like given up on watching anime until next season starts. I've just accepted the, I've accepted this loss. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not really keeping up with anything this season either, except for my dress except for my dress up darling, which I forgot about until just now. I I am up to date with it. I just you know I think that's basically the only thing. It's the only show airing right now, and I don't even like it that much. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like like you know it it's cute. Like we talked about it in a previous episode, okay. but like you know it's like it's not it's not like. It's not gonna stick with you. Yeah, it's like, ooh, this is exciting. What's exciting? Uh, I finished writing the first chapter of my comic this week. So. Oh yeah. So you gonna now you have to draw it? <laughs> now I have to draw it. More about that later, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when uh whenever you have that going, you can. I mean, you have like an obligation to say what it is and where you can find it on this podcast. So. Yeah. I'm not working on shit. I mean, I, I like run a tabletop game. I like play video games, but that's not like you can't find that anywhere. You can't you can't read Ruby playing video games. So what's even the fucking point? You can't read me playing video games unless I'm messaging you on Discord. But me playing video games and the listeners of this podcast largely don't experience that. Okay, to be fair, at this point, the listeners of this podcast largely do experience that. Shit, <laughs> you're probably right. Actually, hey, but we'll get there. Maybe. Oh, and hey, you know what? Ruby, uh, fucking congrats. Big episode 10. Woo! This is episode 10. We like really, I mean, this is, this is like a small milestone, but it's a milestone. We did it. We yeah, got it's like, like, it's a real milestone. I, I haven't done the math about exactly how many episodes this whole thing is going to be. And like, it's hard to say for sure right now. Uh, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if our format changes. Maybe we start watching the last Naruto per episode and like trap ourselves in hell forever. That seems unlikely, but yeah, I think I'd probably just stop doing the podcast instead of doing that. <laughs> I mean, like, right, right now, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about watching three episodes of Naruto this week. I'm feeling pretty good about having watched three episodes of Naruto this last week. Yeah. You wanna, you wanna, we wanna get into it? Oh, yeah. Episode 30. The Sharingan Revived. Dragon Flame Jutsu. After a scolding from Sakura, Sasuke is determined to prove himself capable enough to face his brother and activates his Sharingan. Orochimaru gets a little too excited by the prospect, and they duke it out with Sasuke holding his own against Orochimaru's speed. That small victory seems short-lived after Orochimaru gets the drop on him with the help of some kind of mud clone, but Sasuke pulls through with clever use of ninja tools and binds Orochimaru to a tree and follows through with a new technique, Dragon Flame Jutsu. This melts off part of Orochimaru's fake face, so it's serious time. He no-sells breaking out of the ninja wire Sasuke had him tied up with and paralyzes Sasuke and Sakura with a jutsu. Orochimaru compliments Sasuke's use of Sharingan, saying he might even surpass Itachi before burning his heaven scroll and introducing himself as Orochimaru. He plants a curse mark on Sasuke, promising to see him again before melting into the tree underfoot. 
Meanwhile, Anko is rushing through the woods, hoping to catch Orochimaru before he does anything too fucked up to children. Alright. This is like a big one. This is like a big episode in the sense that this is Atsushi Wakabayashi's first episode as a story reporter and episode director and animation director. There are four episodes throughout like, across both series of Naruto where he like served all three of those roles. And like basically every one of them is iconic. So Atsushi um, Wakabayashi got his start as an animator working at Tatsunoko. Um, that's where he met Norio Matsumoto, which is like a connection that is like pretty significant for his work on Naruto because Norio Matsumoto is on basically all of his episodes and then but and then like so it sort of started to like make a name for himself when he got recruited to work on Yu Yu Hakusho by Akiyuki Shinbo who is like a director who later go on to uh be sort of like the central figure of Studio Shaft and then um over time uh Wakabayashi uh, there's like an interview where he talks about how he wanted to move to like storyboarding and directing episodes because he found that like drawing from other people's storyboards was kind of limiting and uh, sometimes and like he he felt he wanted to be able to like like stretch out and, fl- and like flex a little bit more yeah but this episode of Naruto is like the third ever episode that Atsushi Wakabayashi acted as storyboarder on and like the, the first episode where he was like both animation director or like all three animation director director and storyboarder so kind of kind of like a a part of a process of him like gradually coming into his own and like coming into those roles um and then on this episode there are only uh three key animators one of them is uh Asuji Wakabayashi himself one of them is Norio Matsumoto who I mentioned a bit earlier um Norio Matsumoto is an animator that like I often find I have a sort of hard time like introducing I don't have a super clear idea of like what like what like what exactly his history is I feel like in like circles of people who pay attention to animation and like animators uh norio matsumoto is the kind of guy who just kind of gets treated like he doesn't need an introduction and as such i've never really read like a concise introduction for him but like suffice it to say that he is like a remarkably impressive animator and his work on like this very show basically serves as an inspiration for a whole generation of animators some of them who will like go on to work on naruto and one of them who will like by the end of this podcast have become one of the series like central creative like voices mm-hmm and then rounding out that list is uh, Atsuko Inoue, who is like a little, a little less fl- flashy, but like very capable and like you know very like, like do, doing a very good job of like round, rounding out this episode and like like you know br- br- bringing it all together. And I think the the results are like very impressive. I think this episode looks fucking great. This episode looks so fucking good. Like literally, literally this episode and the one before it. Fucking like no offense to whoever worked on the one before it, right? Like night and day. Yeah, it's. It's pretty dramatic, you know, and I'm, you, you, you know, like not 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 to say that they did a bad job necessarily. Like I'm sure there's like you know resource allocation reasons. Yeah, I mean, there's always, there's always like circumstances behind like everything. I mean, like the, the this episode gets to have Norio Matsumoto draw basically all of the action in the first part of it, and that's not something you can get for every episode of your show or even most episodes of your show because he's like a human man and he can only do so much work. It's good fucking work, though. <laughs> It's good fucking work. Like let's <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. It looks incredible. Like I feel like so. I mean, I, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I, I feel like so much of what like fighting in Naruto looks like starts in this episode. Yeah, like there, there's just there's just so much where I'm like watching this, and I'm just like, the, the, this whole segment, all three times that I watched this episode, like mouth agape. It's like kind of unbelievable. There's like so many cuts where you just kind of look at them and it's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, like when fucking Orochimaru is like zooming around and there's like the delayed kickoff of dust trailing behind him. It's, oh, 
I feel like it, it cuts to like the, the sort of like panning shot as he's like as he's like rushing over those like branches in the foreground. Just like Sasuke is like slowly turning around trying to keep up with him. There's the like ridiculous cut where where Sasuke is like swinging down on the wires around the tree that's like drawn and rotating on the cell, and it's like it's just it's kind of insane to look at. It's it's super insane to look at. Are you kidding me? And like we we have definitely seen it already in the show before. But uh, so- something that, like, I don't think we've really talked about a whole lot that I'd like to mention here is uh, the, like, line character and the, like, coloring and the rendering of, like, the really, like, high-action scenes in Naruto looks so good. Like, just how, like, loose and just, like, totally, like, flat block colors everything is. It's, yeah, like, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it is always a very exciting thing when you hit play on an episode of a show where it's like, oh, this looks different. Oh, this looks like... <laughs> Yeah. It looks like different in a very confident way, right? Like Yeah. It's just cool. Um before we get into the actual like here's here, here's what's going on in the in the fight with uh, Sasuke and Archimaru, there's there's a thing I want to point out about that I think is like pretty interesting throughout this episode, which is that um what one of the like visual ideas this episode is playing with is like the the, the way that like light sort of like filters down into the forest and like the the, the way it is constantly um like leaning at, like leaning into that in like ways that aren't really like naturalistic but are very striking yeah like you get uh i mean like like, like, right, like right here in this in the scene at the beginning with like sasuke and rochamaru like, like you, you get a little bit of like light filtering down through the trees and that's like I mean, like that, that, that's pretty straightforward but also when we cut to anko um we cut to anko like tr- like going into the forest and like trying to find Rochamaru before anything bad happens it's just like way darker like it is it is just like oh the sun is going down and like the forest is just casting all these deep shades of red and like the fight between Sasuke and Rochamaru isn't like that even though it's ostensibly happening at the same time until that fight ends and then suddenly like tension is out of the moment and like everything just kind of collapses into like this uh really dramatic like reds and grays like the 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 way the sun setting is like played is like this thing that is like both very imposing and also just kind of happens to match the mood of the scene is really fun. This show looks so fucking good sometimes. It looks so good sometimes. Yeah, I, I think the thing that's really interesting is like how the the actual like big fight that this episode is adapting isn't really that long. Like it is it it is about like four pages of uh mostly of like Sasuke doing the trick where he throws the shurikens and uh like wraps Rochamaru up in wires and does the dragon flame jutsu. Yeah. Um but they just like I mean they 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 it just gets like dra- like drawn out in this like very exciting to watch way and like a very, a very worthwhile one because again I feel like we, when we see like this these really like tight like like hand to hand exchanges of blows that is just kind of like that is what Naruto looks like being established both because like this is a very uh, fun and compelling way for a fight to look and also because a lot of people are going to see this episode and then go work on Naruto and make more fights that look like that which like you know good call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good call um but like it's 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 cool it's, it's like so characterful like i i really like the um there, there's a bit at the start of the of the fighting where like sasuke and, Ro- and rochamaru going hand to hand and sasuke is just like he, he, he's like jumping all over the place he's like ducking and weaving and like he's he's he's, he's like he's like he's like trying so hard and rochamaru is just not uh is, is, is just not needing to move nearly as much like sasuke he needs to work so hard to keep up with him could could we talk about could we talk about um Sasuke's like fighting style real quick? Yeah, what do you what do you have to say about it? I don't think Sasuke knows how to throw a normal punch. That's fine. <laughs> he knows how to do like a flip kick. <laughs> He's always so weird and bendy. Yeah, it's good. Like there's there's a specific moment in that first like really tight exchange of blows where it's like where, like Sasuke like tries to throw like a 
a hit at like like a punch at tomorrow or like a kick. I don't remember exactly what. And he's like leans back with this cool like smear frame where like all of the line work around Orochimaru just goes away. Yes. And then like Orochimaru like re- like retaliates with like just this kick that Sasuke has to like retreat all the way across the screen to dodge. And it just uh, it, it like very clearly communicates the um the like the the the, the gap and like how like how strong these people are because like it, it just really constantly feels like Sasuke has to be putting in so much to uh to keep up with this person who is not trying nearly as hard. No, and it's like Sasuke is also like ostensibly like a competent like fighter or whatever, but like even if he wasn't, this fight would almost look the same. Yeah, be- just 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 because like you can tell that like so much of what Orochimaru is doing, what Sasuke is doing. Is just like Orochimaru is humoring this child right now. He's like, "All right, let's go. Let's see what this kid's got." Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, just just when he like walks out of the wire trap, and it's just like completely just like, "Yeah, that was a nice trick." So I let you think you got me. Like I, I yeah. was playing along. It's just like it was a little bit chilling. Yeah, no, it, it, if the, you know if, if if this is if this is the guy who's going to be like you know ostensibly the main villain of the show for a while, uh, this is this is a great way to like sell him. Like it's it's really successfully putting him over, I think, because he he is just an intimidating presence here. This episode's so fucking good, Ruby. It's so so good. I got a few other things I want to talk about in this fight. Is that um the thing I find really impressive is that uh I think Norio Matsumoto has this great grasp of um what sort of like shortcuts you can take to imply motion. Um, like there's a there's this one cut where Sasuke is leaping through the air and spinning around and throwing kunai, and um the first two times he throws like. Like, if you're, like, frame-stepping through the sequence, you can just kind of see that, like, he's... There's, like, a little, like, flicker of movement, and then the kunai disappears from his hand. And then um, it's only, like, the, on the last throw that, like, you get the big, full, like, wind-up and, like, like just hucking it at a Rishimaru motion. And, like, by having, you know, those two, like, really, like, brief moments, like, lead so quickly into, like, the big moment that, like, reads clearly as, as throwing, I think it just implies that motion, like, really well while being a very, like, compact sequence. Another thing I want to say is that uh, I, I, feel, I feel like a lot of the uh, a lot of the ways that this fight plays out, a lot of like the like techniques that are completely original to the anime, just sort of like feel very clearly like oh yeah, this, this is this is a thing this character does like Orochimaru doing his mud clone thing. I was certain that was a thing that came up like later in the manga that they just sort of like backfilled here to like make as part of this fight, but it is a thing that completely originates from this episode and it's just like but like it feels so like oh yeah this is like a cool scary thing that Orochimaru does you think you hit him and he just like melts and then he's somewhere else which is like you know standard fare as far as like the things you learn that ninjas can do in Naruto right yeah but it is like a very like visually striking uh execution of that definitely like I I think I think is really interesting about um the way that this episode sets the uh the blueprint for what two people fighting in Naruto looks like is that, um, like, it, like it is as much an Atsushi, Atsushi Wakabayashi thing as it is a Naruto thing. Like, if you look back at what uh, Wakabayashi was doing just a few months before this, um, he was, like, a director and storyboarder on uh, episode 7 of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. There, there is a lot of the same, like... Like, like you, you can see what feels kind of like early, early versions of a lot of what the fighting looked like in this episode, and the intent is pretty different there. But like, there's a through line you can draw, and I think it's like, I, I I think it's cool to see something that's like, oh, this is like something that this one artist is bringing to the table that is weaving itself seamlessly into uh into the broader tapestry of what Naruto is, and it's it's something that has like roots in that guy's work outside of just Naruto. 
yeah, I think I think I'm pretty good on that episode. Like there are lots of individually sick looking at ep- like bits of animation that I don't think we specifically touched on. But if we were doing that, we'd be here a while. So you should just uh, watch this episode if you didn't. Like you know, if you're if you're if you're just listening along and you're not watching every episode of Naruto, like sometimes there's going to be episodes that just look really good, and you should check them out. I think this is definitely one of them. Definitely one of them. This is th- this this is definitely one of the like episodes, one of the sequences that I look at it and I go like, damn. I want to be an animator. I don't want to be an animator. <laughs> you don't. But that, that's not, that, that got so many people. Like, that is exactly... Like, there were, like, whole movements of animators in Japan that, like, had that exact thing happen when they saw this air on television. And that's, like, incredible. I know. Like, I've, I've tried animation. I've done short animations. I don't want to be an animator. I look at this episode and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to be an animator so bad. Uh, okay, let's, let's move on before I decide to be an animator. Okay, yeah, you've already got enough on your plate. That confrontation leaves Sakura alone with a knocked-out Naruto and Sasuke. Uncle tracks down Orochimaru, who's kind of just hanging half-melted into a tree. Anyway, Uncle reveals herself to be a former protege of Orochimaru and intends to kill him. Uncle gets tongue-grabbed, but she consciously snakes to yank Orochimaru out of the tree and pins both of their hands to the tree with a kunai, intending to use a special jutsu to ensure Orochimaru's death at the cost of her own life but it turns out to be a mud clone. Anko lashes out but collapses from pain, from the same curse mark that Orochimaru put on Sasuke. Anko says Sasuke will die, but Orochimaru gives him better odds than that, and accuses Anko of being jealous, before warning her not to get in his way and vanishing into a wisp of purple flame. Rock Lee and his team decide to fan out and look for scrolls while Sakura cares for an unconscious Naruto and an even worse-off Sasuke. Outside the forest, Anko is nursing her wounds when she is approached by some tigers and a couple of Anbu Black Ops guys. She has them take her to the tower and contact the Hokage as the Sound Ninja Jobbers find Sakura's camp. Yeah, so we are we are moving on to the uh, the second half of this episode, the much more Anko focused uh, half of this episode. I'm sort of like being put in a position where I need to really like consider what it is I find so compelling about Anko and like how much of that is like, oh, this is like a cool and interesting character, and how much of that is me willing to be doing a lot of work on the show's behalf. Because I think I think she's really cool here. In a lot of ways, I think it's very sick when she get when she does her like big snake grab and she just like hurls Rojimaru into a tree. Um, yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. I you know I don't I don't have to do anything for the show on on, on that uh on that on that count. Um, but it's like I, I I guess I find Anko really interesting in the fact that we start to get this picture of her here as somebody who is like technically very successful by the standards of the village. She's a Jonin. She's uh. She, she's the proctor for the fucking tuning exams, right? Like, yeah, right. Like she and yeah, like like at a, at a pretty young age too, right? Like comparatively. Yeah. And uh, and she's also somebody who's just like she just is fucking miserable. It seems like. Yeah. Like she's she is very much at that position of like okay, if there's a problem I can solve by dying, okay, got it. I'm gonna die because I don't really want to keep doing this. It almost seems like, and that's I, I think that's. I think it's very compelling to have a character who has, like, kind of made it as a ninja to an extent, and uh, is sort of floundering in the absence of uh, any real belief in uh, what, like, what, like, what being a ninja is supposed to stand for, because she's had this, like, personal betrayal at the hands of her old teacher, and she doesn't really have, like, a sort of personal connection to ground her to the village in that way. And I, th- I think that's really interesting. I think there's a lot that's really resonant there, but also... I mean, how much of this is like, oh, this is the character who is kind of consigned to being like sad and suffering a little bit because she's the girl in Naruto. Yeah. Like, I think I think ultimately I'm content to like uh, 
to, to, to like take, take what I can out of this and like, and like run with it. Even if I know that like, it's not necessarily coming from like a, the, the, the same, the same place that I'm taking it. I don't know. Like it's, 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 uh, it is kind of hard to ignore that Naruto is a show that does not really give much consideration to the women in it. And so when I am finding something that, that resonates on that level, I really have to, I, I really find myself kind of, um, just, just, just second guessing a little bit. Um, yeah, but I, I, I do, th- I do think the scene with Anka was cool. I think there's like another scene that we're going to get to like in a later episode that I'm interested to see how that uh, expands out on this. And I think that I think is fun about the scene. Like I talked about earlier in the first half of this episode about the sort of unnatural ways that this plays with lighting, and in, in this episode we get some more of that, where like a Rochamaru starts talking to Anko and the moon immediately starts shining directly down on them like a spotlight. It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. It's just it shows fucking beautiful. It's, like it is, it's it, this whole this whole like conversation between Anko and Rochamaru is like really, really dramatically framed in a way that it's not really in the manga. I think is like, I mean, this is this isn't the e- easy, obvious standout scene of the episode because I mean, this isn't the one that Norio Matsumoto drew large chunks of. But like Atsushi Wakabayashi did a lot of good work on this part of the episode. I mean, both as a storyboarder and like a key animator. And um, again, I, I think there's a lot of like. The, 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 there's a lot of little like flourishes that go to like make this scene more dramatic. There's like the shot where there's there, there, there's that one shot where it's like oh yeah we we, we get a uh, we 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 see Anko and Rochimaru in the reflection of the kunai that like Anko threw at Rochimaru and that he just like grabbed and dropped on into the stump of the or like into the branch of the tree and it's it's just all these little things like that and it's also a lot of um, the scene being. Like, like, like there's there's just a, like a, a much larger sense of like physicality to the scene. There's a lot less of characters like talking to each other from opposite ends of a branch, and a lot more of people just kind of getting up in each other's face in a way that I think really enhances the mood of it. Okay, there's 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 another thing I was I was kind of curious about. Or there's a few other things I want to talk about with Rochamaru here because like the, the, there is a bit where Veronica's like, "Hey, are you here to to assassinate the Hokage?" And Rochamaru's like, "Yeah, I don't have enough. I don't have enough guys for that." But later, he's like, yeah, I'm going to destroy the village if you don't do what I want. So, in Orochimaru's mind, is destroying the village easier than killing the Hokage? Yeah, objectively. It's just building some stuff. Yeah, okay, you, you, know, you got me there. I, I, I guess I, I don't have anything to say to that. And the other thing is we start to, we get Orochimaru starting to talk about like looking for uh, like a like an heir in Sasuke Uchiha or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, uh, which is, is something that is like pretty vague in what that means right now but we do get um <sighs> i mean we do we do we do kind of get like the vague implications of like our oh, Ro- talks about sasuke's beautiful features and like we, we we get the um there is definitely an extent to which this show portrays orochimaru as like a sexual threat right and not not in like a literal sense. Like I don't think the dramatic yeah. stakes of of this show are ever like a Rochimaru pursuing somebody in that way. But you know, it is like a part of him that is like supposed they were supposed to find off putting in the same way that like Orochimaru's like uh, like willingness to like defy uh, like gendered boundaries and willingness to be a, a weird snake guy are like supposed to be scary things and. It's 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 not great. Um, it's pretty gross. He's just a queer coded villain. Like yeah, uh, like like there's no reason like not to just say it, right? And it's like it is 
a little bit toned down in the dub, but it's, you know, still there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I don't think they could get rid of it entirely, even if they wanted to. I mean, fucking look at him. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's, it's going to be kind of a bummer, especially, like, while we're in the part of this. Like, like we, we haven't reached the peak of that, but I think we're going to be in the the part of the show where that's, like, a big aspect of Orochimaru, and I think it kind of gradually diminishes. And, like, I don't know. It, it's weird, because I do like Orochimaru as a villain, largely speaking. Um, I think I think he's fun to have on screen, but it is just, like, we, we do have to at least acknowledge that there's an element of, like, okay, yeah, there is, there is like, no two ways about it, there's, like, some pretty gross queer coding going on here. Yeah. The last thing that I have to, I have to say about this episode, anyway, is... um. We th- throughout this episode, we kind of get like the start of what I guess is the biggest through line through these three episodes we've watched this week, which is uh, just like stuff with Sakura, like Sakura kind of being the the, the last member of Team Seven standing, and like you know we we're, we're getting the foundations of like them the, they're building to like this thing of like oh Sakura needs to take a stand for herself and she needs to she needs to be be willing to like fight too or whatever, and like this was. When I was watching these episodes again this past week, it was definitely a thing that, like, I mean, I, it became pretty unignorable that they were very directly building to something with that. And I, I started to get curious because I don't, I didn't remember anything coming of that. And it was like, it was like this weird point of suspense throughout these three episodes of like, okay, what what is Sakura actually going to do? Because, um... They, they almost got me. Like, we'll, we'll get there. Like, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, like, they almost got me. I was like... Yeah, right. Like, they're, they're, really, they're really, like, they're really setting it, they're really setting it up to an extent. Um, I, I almost believed it for, like, a whole episode and a half. <laughs> uh, okay, I actually do have one more thing to say, which is, that I think, a pretty fun thing that we also see throughout these three episodes that because Naruto is unconscious, we have different characters doing the, like, episode titles and episode previews. Yeah, I was gonna say... It's like this episode we have Sasuke, and then like next episode, uh, next episode we got Rock Lee. You want to get into next episode? Yeah, let's get into next episode. Episode thirty-one, Bushy Brows Pledge, Undying Love and Protection. Sakura nods off and dreams of Naruto and Sasuke waking up and being all right, only to be confronted by Orochimaru again. The shock jolts her awake, and she's startled by a squirrel approaching from the bushes. She fends it off so it doesn't trigger any of her traps, not noticing the paper bomb. The sound ninja stuck to its back. Elsewhere, Rock Lee's making dumb little challenges to himself for Sakura's love, and notices the squirrel struggling against a paper bomb ready to go off. He saves the squirrel, failing his leaf-catching promise in the process. Team 10 has her run with Neji and try to flatter him out of kicking their asses, but he doesn't seem all that interested in either prospect, and opts to just leave them alone. See, so yeah, I, I don't really have a ton to say about the, uh, the staff for this episode in comparison to the last one. Well, there is like one bit of trivia I kind of want to highlight, which is that um, this episode sees another like another person who will like in the future be a pretty prominent figure at Ufo Table, like like, like just just be like a regular animator on Naruto. Uh, this time it is Tomonori Sudo who will go on to be the character designer and for for like pretty much all of uh, Ufo Table's Type Moon adaptations and like the director of some of them. And I guess I like but before like this watcher, I, I didn't realize there was any sort of. Uh, like I, I guess I'm a little curious to look into if there's like any sort of like like line between like Piero and Yufa Table that like led to that. But I feel so bad about Sakura's dream. Yeah, yeah. Like this episode and the one after it really had me rooting for her. Like not that I wasn't rooting for her before, right? But it feels like they're scaffold. They're building the scaffolding for something so d- directly, right? Like. 
Yeah. Like, I, 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 at the start of this arc, when Sasuke tells her that she's, like, even weaker than Naruto, it's like, oh, okay, she's just getting the girl inferiority arc, and that's just where she's going to be. But, like, starting starting here, we just we just start to get that, like, hammered in, like, so directly, and, like, so repeatedly. Like, oh, like, this episode starts with a nightmare that she is having that is, like, oh, she, she feels unable to help and unable to do anything. And uh, I, I feel like over... The course of like this episode, the next episode, more people tell Sakura that she's like that she's not shit than people that people have told are like underdog protagonist. God, uh, this could have been something so good. <laughs> now, not to, not, to get, not to get too ahead of ourselves, we we have that episode. We'll, we'll be talking about that episode next, but we we still got more to talk about here. Uh, we got Rock Lee. Mm-hmm. Got Rock Lee doing his little uh, his, his little um challenges this is like this is a moment where it's like i i don't know that i'm really bought into the like um the like rockley wanting wanting soccer to like him angle but i do think it's pretty cute uh, that he's just like all right if i if i do this challenge that i'm setting for myself uh i'll then like a thing i want will happen because i was like that kid also um like i extremely did that as a child although in my case it was much more well, if I do all of these things, then God will turn me into a girl. And so, you know, I, I, I just see myself in the kid a little bit. Yeah, it's it's cute. It's yeah, it's it's an endearing little scene. And then he goes and he helps an animal, so you know you know that you got to root for this guy. He's a he's a great kid. Yeah, now Sakura will never love him. <laughs> Sakura will never love him, but at least that squirrel's not exploded, and that's more important. Yeah, that's more important. And then we get the uh, the scene with we get the scene with Team Ten, and this was like. When I, when I think about this trio of characters, I think so much more about, like, where they're at later and, like, where specifically, I guess, Sh- Shikamaru is at later because he's kind of the one of these three who, like, goes on to be, like, a character the most. Yeah. But, like, I, th- I think about, like, oh, there's, like, one really, like, serious arc about these characters in Shippuden and there's, like, a bunch of, uh, a, b- a bunch of like, little fights that Shikamaru gets throughout the show. And so, like... Yeah, and like e- even the other two, like they have shit going on. Like they're, like you know, Choji gets like really strong. Yeah, yeah, and, and so it was like sort of surprising to see them here, and it's like, oh, these are like, they're like the comic, they're like the comic relief guys. They're just the guys who are like wandering through the forest, and they're like getting into trouble, and they're like doing doing silly shit. Like they're not, <laughs> like like these are just the guys you cut to to like lay off the dramatic tension a bit, mm-hmm. which was just kind of I, I was kind of surprised by. Um, yeah, like this version of these characters like didn't exist in my head at all. Yeah, for sure. Like it had been so like thoroughly supplanted by the the later versions of them. That those later versions of them just clearly don't exist right now. Like even in the sense of like, oh, that's not like a trajectory that these guys are on. These are just the these are just the kind of goofy guys where you got you know it's like the arrogant one, uh, Shikamaru's the lazy one, and you know well we all know the joke with Choji. Other than that. Neji shows up, and this scene with Neji is really funny to me. Mostly in the sense that everybody is like really shocked that he like seems to be able to see them without uh without without looking at them, right? Like everybody in the village knows what the Sharingan d- does to some extent. Like everybody's like, "Oh, the Sharingan! That's the super badass ninja eye. Everybody knows about that." Yeah. And like, meanwhile, the 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 other big ninja clan with their big ninja eye, like. Nobody's really even got that on their radar, even though they have like a classmate. They have like a classmate at the academy who is from the Hugo clan. I, I, I'm just imagining like the Hugos having this huge chip on their shoulder about that. No, no, no. He, hear me out. Hear me uh-huh. out. 
the reason everybody knows what the Sharingan is, is because the Uchiha were wiped out. Okay. Because there's still fucking all kinds of Hyuga everywhere. It's a secret. (laughs) They've kept that on the down low. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes a little more sense, but is less funny than Neji being like kind of pissed off that nobody knows what his cool <laughs> eyes do. True. The sound ninja confront an exhausted Sakura wanting to fight Sasuke. Sakura asks him what's going on, and then drops Orochimaru. Saku wants a fight, but Dosu points out an obvious trap. They leap over it, and blast through the log trap Sakura set up just for that occasion. Only to be swatted out of the air by an incoming Rock Lee. Sakura asks why, since they're enemies in the exam, but Rock Lee reminds her of his vow to always protect her. Dosu rushes them, but Rock Lee yanks up a big tree root to block the attack. Saying he knows something's up with Dosu's attacks, Team 10 spot the fight, and Neji and Ten Ten wonder where Lee went off to after he missed their meetup. We get some background about the technique Rock Lee isn't supposed to use, and learn that he's only allowed to break it out when he's protecting someone precious to him. Rock Lee drives Dosu into the ground with his primary lotus technique, Dosu survives after Zaku softens the ground. Tired from his forbidden technique, Rock Lee takes a hit from Dosu that makes him unable to stand. Okay. Yeah, so we get into the second half of this episode and immediately people are being fucking shitty to Sakura again. Like, instantly. Dosu's like, your traps are fucking bullshit. Anybody can see through this. Uh, there's like... There's, there's this one in the anime that kind of stands out to me. Because he's like standing over this like uniform patch of like background painting grass. And he's like... This grass doesn't grow around here, does it? And it's like you—you re- you really could have fooled me, man. I don't—I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure all the grass I've ever seen in Naruto just lo- looks just like that. <laughs> I mean, I guess he sees there's a bosu through both levels of Sakura's trap, and he like puts her down some more because everybody everybody's got to be doing that to Sakura right now, except Rock Lee. But like, even kind of Rock Lee a little bit. Even kind of, I guess, even kind of Rock Lee because like, ah, oh, you need me to protect you. Yeah. He's just less mean about it. <laughs> like he's definitely like feel like like into her whole inferiority complex. I guess even even on it uh, inadvertently. But yeah, I mean, like j- just because he's not actively trying to murder her doesn't make it nice. I mean, like I think it's nice to try and stop her from being murdered objectively. Right. It's just uh... <laughs> right, but also being like you know, I swore I'd always protect you. Uh-huh. You know, you know that's just not something you drop on someone without, like, you know, knowing how they feel about things. Yeah, you got, you got, you got, you can't be making those vows like left and right. Or, like Rock Lee shows up, right? Uh, he's like, he's really being a cool guy. He's got his, he's got the squirrel on his shoulder still because he has befriended the animal that he saved. <laughs> <laughs> he calls himself the beautiful blue beast. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Um, there's this really strange implication here where he's like kind of going like, yes, guy, I did it. Where it makes me wonder if like, are these like pickup techniques that guy has passed on? And that idea is absurd to me because I can't, the idea that guy has ever thought about a woman is absurd to me. <laughs> I, I just don't think there's any proof that's ever happened. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no, I just checked the old memory banks. Uh... Dude never talks to a woman. Never. <laughs> never. He's never even met one. Oh, that's probably not true. I mean, he's met Ten Ten, probably. <laughs> yeah, he... <laughs> he just fucking ignores Ten Ten. I mean, it was Ajikishimoto does, so. 
The other thing that, is, that, that really caught me off guard about Rockley's arrival here is the Zunri just reaches his hand to the ground and pulls out a big tree root. <laughs> Which is like, it's just very extreme. Like, I always think of Rockley as the fast guy. And not the guy with, like, ridiculous superhuman strength. But I guess he's also that because yeah. he can do this yeah, shit. Yeah, he needs, like, a truck to do that. <laughs> you can't just do that. He doesn't, like, he does it in seconds. It's nothing to him. He's just yanks it on out of the ground. It's like... He does that and he's still using 20% of his muscles. It's like the size of a fucking car. <laughs> it's huge. It is It is so much bigger than him. Yeah, we, we, we cut to we cut to Team, team Town, like, seeing this happen. And uh, you know, is worried about is or, or, you know, it's like oh, nothing bad can happen to Sasuke. And I like that Shikamaru is kind of like, eh, I'm pretty sure Sasuke just kind of sucks. I don't know. I, I love I love how that little like argument is punctuated by Choji being like, Hey, Sakura's fighting someone. Sasuke's knocked out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, I think it's very I think it's very funny for Shikamaru to be a guy who's just like, Yeah, I, I, I don't buy that Sasuke is cool. He's probably not, he's probably not anything special. If he was so special, why is he in this fucking class with me? Loser. <laughs> we also get Neji being like, "Yeah, don't worry, Rockley's probably fine." Because I guess they're kind of bros. I, w- I always like sort of remembered the things being a little more antagonistic between them. But like, I mean, I, I guess Neji kind of thinks that Rockley is worse than him, but he also thinks he's he's like fine. So yeah, I mean, like, Neji's like Rockley's working really hard to keep up with me, so he's probably fine. Like he's not as good as me because that's just not how things work. This is my like beliefs as like a thirteen year old. But yeah. You know, I do got to hand it to him. God, spe- speaking of handing it to him, mm-hmm. fucking, what a bad bunch of guys to for Rock Lee to fucking swoop in and try to fight. It is a bad matchup. It is not like it does not go well for him. Like you don't you don't want to fight the guy who can make dirt soft. <laughs> like it is, you wouldn't think it would matter to the punches and kicks guy, but <laughs> yeah, it turns out hitting people with hard dirt is like Rock Lee's number one move. Yeah, um, you know, and and just the fucking like, we'll get the specifics of it in a sec. But like Dosu's thing just like immediately puts him on the back foot in a way that like Rock Lee just can't stand up to. Yeah, I mean it's like a very extreme for Rock Lee because Rock Lee needs to be like standing up and moving around and shit. Um, yeah. Also, also like we 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 get the reveal of like ah uh, here's here's the commitment Rockley makes to uh to to only use the primary lotus when it is when it is you know to protect somebody important, which I think makes it which like you know we we get this display of him being very committed to it, but I think it makes it pretty funny that he was just like immediately ready to just bust it out to like show off, <laughs> like earlier. I, I feel like he got that lecture after the fight with Sasuke. Mm-hmm. Right, or like a like a rehash of that lecture, not the one we actually saw in the flashback or whatever. Uh-huh. Not the one where he, he requests that, that Mike guy explain it to him using hip words. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like he got a lecture about it, and so he was just like, alright, time to look for Sakura. If she's in danger, I'm gonna break that shit out. Like, it is basically only by coincidence the second time he tries to do it on screen, it, like, matches with the requirements he's been given to use it. He's been looking for an excuse. He's like a he's like a teen. He wants to show off his strongest attack. Yeah. To the girl he likes. If I had a super strong attack when I was a teen, you fucking know. I would be like I don't know what my strong attack would have been when I was a teen, so I didn't I didn't have a follow through. But Well, I'd if I had a super strong attack now, you know I'd be showing girls. Oh yeah, but you know, I guguess that's true. I would too. I I can't I can't 
pretend I'm blameless in this. So really, we're we're all kind of like Rockley right now in this moment. Ah, oh, you think I'm so cool. <laughs> Episode 32, Sakura Blossoms. Dosu's sound attack blew out Rockley's eardrum and messed with his sense of balance. Sakura uses this as an opportunity to show off his gross air pressure hands that he used to puff out the dirt to save Dosu. Dosu rushes Sakura, but Lee fights through his wobbly legs to intercept, taking another hit in the process. Team 10 watch on, struggling to decide on whether to move in and help or not, as Yuno remembers how close she and Sakura used to be as kids. Sakura sends a volley of shuriken at Dosu, but Zaku sends them back with air pressure, leaving Keen an opportunity to grab her by the hair. Her inability to do anything brings her to tears, as Zaku moves in to kill the unconscious Sasuke right in front of her. Can I just say I don't like the title of this episode? Yeah. Sakura Blossoms is a little bit yucky. Like, I get it. I get it because it's like a play on, like, you know, Sakura's, like, the flower or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. But it's kind of yucky to talk about a girl like that. It's not great. Um, Before we get get into girls, before this episode can really get into girls, we get a lot of, like, Dosu and Zaku explaining their, like, cool tricks. Like, they get really in-depth on it. They're they're both like, hey, check out my weird hands. <laughs> check out my weird hands. It, it's I, again, I I feel like I in, in my mind, Naruto is not the comic where people do this that much. But these guys, these guys are really going for it. Like maybe I will be wrong, and there's just a lot more of this in here, a lot more of like really in depth technique explanations. It's it's like it's like pretty heavy on it here. There is like an element which I'm like, which I think is like maybe kind of interesting and also kind of underdeveloped where like, oh, these two sound ninja from like Orochimaru's village, there's this sort of element of like, oh, uh, Dosu's got like his like sound emitting gauntlet and like Zaku's had somebody like fuck up his body so he can do his like air pressure hands. Mm-hmm. Like he's got like tubes in there and there's like, there, there, there's almost this element of like, oh, here's like Orochimaru's new ninja who like more than, more than, uh, you know, learning techniques in like a, the, the traditional way. They've just got like technology and shit, and that's a uh, that's a threat, which isn't like a thing that I, I don't feel like it's a thing that super comes up in like Naruto proper all that much. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you kind of see inklings of it here. Yeah, and that's like a thing that winds up being in Boruto a lot. Yeah, it is. A, it is. It is a bigger thing in Boruto. Uh, I have a question. What's that? Uh, you know how like uh, Dosu and Zaku each have like a weird thing that they got going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Keen have one? She's got bells. Okay. So, like, not really on the same okay, level. Okay, so, like, the girl version. Yeah, she's she's got bells. Okay, good. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry, we didn't forget to forget Keen. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, we, uh, as, 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 as like, you know, is, like, watching, watching this play out, she's remembering... She, she's remembering how she and Sakura used to be friends, and then they decided to stop being friends because they both liked Sasuke. I mean, I was, as a, as like a eight-year-old or however old they are in this flashback, I was not particularly romantically inclined. So maybe if, if a romantically inclined eight-year-old is a thing that exists, maybe this would be more um, relatable to them. But it, it just seems like this kind of alien thing to me of like, oh yeah, we can't be friends because we like the same boy. Like, it just feels kind of like flat and artificial to me. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's less than nothing to me. It's, and then there's also the element of like, oh, Sakura is like losing her closest friendship because of her like commitment to liking Sasuke, which is like the introduction of sort of an accidental theme in Naruto of the idea that liking Sasuke so much is bad for Sakura. Like it's not a, it's not a thing that I I don't think is really on 
the writer's minds. But it's a thing that is probably true, pretty inarguably. Yeah, I mean, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, Sakura, Sakura's trying to fight back against the sound trio, and it's just not going anywhere because she's just doing the thing where she throws she, she throws like knives and they get deflected, right? Mm-hmm. And like sure, can get deflected because that's uh, that's how that goes. And we we have, we have Kin step in, she grabs her hair, and this stuff is like this stuff is pr- like it's pretty fucking gross how like Keen just le- like steps in and is like, all right, she is it's time for it's time for the girl versus girl moment. She's gonna be like, ah, you're such a fucking stupid girl for caring about your hair so much. Like it, like it is sort of preemptively flattening what what will be the like big turn for Sakura and Jabir being like, okay, I'm ready to like move on from these frivolous girl bullshit things. It could have been something, Ruby. It could have been something. Are are we ready to just like move on to the next segment and just talk about the episode as a whole? Yeah, I guess that's probably the the, the best way to do it. Okay. Sakura grabs a kunai and cuts her hair, releasing her from Keen's grip resolving herself to be stronger and take the lead. Keen stabs her in the back, but Sakura gets off a substitution jutsu, repositioning to attack Zaku, who reflects her volley of kunai back at her, only to hit a log with another substitution jutsu. Sakura drops in on Zaku from above, displaying the hand signs for another substitution jutsu. Zaku flings kunai at her, expecting a log, and quickly averts his gaze to find out where she'll pop up next, only to be surprised by a bleeding Sakura dropping in on him. She lays into him, stabbing his arm and biting down on his other hand. She stays latched on while Zaku struggles on the ground to shake her off. Ino's taken aback, remembering her childhood with Sakura, and how they both grew out their hair to impress Sasuke. This brings Ino to tears, and is the push they need to get Team 10 in on the fight. Right, so, yeah, we get we get Sakura cutting off her hair, and, like, everything about this episode is, like, designed to make this, like, as frustrating as, like, a, as, like, a symbol for, like, Sakura's big turn as possible. Because again, like I, I like I was just saying, there's the stuff with Keen being like, ah, this is just this is just your stupid frivolous girl nature that you're hanging on to. So it's like gender bullshit in that way. And then also we get the reveal that like, oh, both both Ino and Sakura have long hair because they heard Sasuke likes girls with long hair, which like somebody's lying to you. Sasuke doesn't like girls, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Also, they heard that when they were like eight. So like, yeah. And so like, there's. Like, like, Sakura cutting off her hair is, like, immediately denied of being, like, a, like, a, like, a symbol of fraction that means anything to her, and it's just, like, gender bullshit on multiple levels, and it's really frustrating, like, it's not... It's so frustrating, and, like, the, the worst part about it is how there is, like, a kernel of something good in here, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I really like the sequence of, like, tricking them with multiple substitution juices only to, like, take a hit to like no, yeah, take, it's it's like cool it is like that it's it's really cool it is like that is like it's like a really solid trick right like it's like oh yeah you're you're taking into account like what we know of how this stuff works and so she like she like baits out the two big attacks with substitution and she's like okay they're just gonna go for like a weak attack because they know i'm just gonna substitute but i'm gonna like take these kunai to the arm and like drop down on him and it's like oh shit maybe this is actually going somewhere and it doesn't yeah and then it just fucking doesn't no i mean then she like pins it to the ground and bites his arm and then he punches her in the head for the rest of the episode. Yeah, right, like... You know, she, she, yeah, she gets her head punched for the rest of the episode, and then a bunch of new people come in to protect her, right? Like, Right. And it is, it is like, it is farcical. It is just extended to the point of comedy. We have so many, like, shots of, like, the camera just kind of panning around this scene while, like, sad music plays, and also punch sound effects play. <laughs> it's like... And, like, I think, I think I get they're trying to go with, like, 
it is kind of like a like an intense like desperate thing to be like latched onto somebody like and take a beating, right? It's just like yeah. I, I don't think the show conveys that with any weight at all. No, because it's like I mean, because first of all, it goes on for so long, and there's like so it, like it just keeps cutting back to it, and and there's also the sense of like okay, so she stopped she stopped uh, Zaku from uh from from like moving to attack Sasuke. But, like, if Keen and Dosu wanted to do anything... Yeah. Like, it's basically just the fact that they're content to sit there while Zaku punches her in the head. That, uh... Right? You know what this should have been? This should have been Sakura and Zaku, like, struggling on the ground, with Sakura fucking strangling him, and the other two sounded just being like, uh, holy shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, like, maybe one of them is punching her in the head while she's crying. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like she's just la- she's latched on, and the other two are trying to get her off of him. Right? Like she's like, oh shit, oh shit. She's actually like trying to kill him. Oh god, we were talking a big game, but like, God, it would it, it could have been fucking anything else, right? And imagine imagine if these last two episodes were about Sakura like actually fighting fucking tooth and nail through the woods. Yeah. Like, fleeing the Sound Ninja and setting up traps and, like, actually being fucking Rambo, right? Like, just just going all fucking out, like, get, getting fucking bloody and sweaty and muddy and just, like, actually doing fucking anything good. Right. Like, when, like if it was a thing where, like, when people needed to, like, step in to protect her, it was like, oh, she's at her limit now. Like, she's actually, like... And I, mean, I guess we're meant to believe that she's at her limit now, but that just means that her limit is, like... I mean, you know, I get, I, I get, I guess we're just, we're, 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 we're like, we're all going to take Kashi at his word, and, so Sakura, and Sakura's potential just isn't that high. And it's like, it's, because this is like, I mean, this is like the episode where, like, she's, she's doing the, she's, like, saying the title. This is like, it, in theory, this is the Sakura episode. This is, like, the big moment for her. And it just amounts to so little. Like, it is the, it is the gesture of cutting off her hair, which is, like, rendered so, like, inert, and it is the, like, one cool trick that just kind of like loses all weight by how much of the episode just has her like lying on the ground crying after that. It's just weak. It's just weak and just incredibly disappointing that they just didn't do fucking anything with it. Naruto is a show that can do a thing where like, oh, a, a character who's like at a disadvantage, who's kind of the underdog in a situation, can like turn it around. Because that's kind of, I mean, that's what the show is built on. That's to some extent what shonen action manga is built on. And like Naruto is good at these things sometimes. It just doesn't care to invest in like Sakura to the extent where she can really play a part in there. She's just like the the, the briefest interval and like the revolving door of characters like charging into this scene after episodes of build up to this moment. I don't, I don't want to end this podcast without having said anything positive. We said a lot positive at the start of this episode. About this episode. About this segment. Uh, I will say, I think it's a nice touch that in every different, like, scene in uh, Eno's flashback, the girls are wearing different outfits. Yeah, I mean, I think there's stuff in Eno's flashback that's like, oh, it is, like, it is cute to see them, like, start to be friends with each other, right? Like, it Mm -hmm. is... Like, I, I do believe that they were friends at one point. I do really buy that, like, oh, yeah, you know, they had, like, a connection. I, and I just, like... Totally. I, I just find the way that that goes so unsatisfying. Because, like, it, like girls just falling into the gravity well of, like, being near Sasuke and deciding that, like, Sasuke isn't interesting. Because, like, there's 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 nothing there for them. 
There's nothing there for them. Girls, Sasuke doesn't like girls. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sasuke... Sa- so, like at the end of Naruto, Sasuke is going to marry Sakura and see her like maybe two days a year. I don't, I don't know what more to say. That, that 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 is just kind of a bummer. It it's just disappointing. For sure. No, like I I said this earlier. I was like I, they had really had me going for a moment because yeah. <laughs> like it's it's playing it's playing the the music to like build up to like a tense cool moment and like Sakura's doing her shit and it's playing the cool music and like she does the cool trick and. I feel like we're just kind of like circling around this and repeating it, but like, man. Yeah, right. Like when, when she was doing the trick, when I saw her like take the hit and start to fall and like the blood drip on fucking Zaku's face from above, right? Like, yeah, that's like a pretty cool shot, right? Like, cause you get like, you know, you see, you, you see, uh, you see Zaku from above and like he, he, he like immediately looks away from Sakura and he's like looking around trying to see where she, she like spot like uh is gonna be next as, as she like it's like the camera zooms in and like he was like oh shit sakura's still above him it's like and it's like probably like the most character shot of the episode and like you know there's there there, there is enough to like like while this is happening there is enough to make it feel cool yeah and and then she making and then she fucking makes contact with zaku and it just like oh okay all right no, all right never no, i yeah okay yeah for for a minute there, I thought like we were all wrong, and that Sakura was actually a character. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't think we were going to be wrong. No, no but I didn't think like maybe there was maybe there's a few things I didn't remember. Like that would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice if there were like you know s- s- some threads that we didn't realize weren't pulled. Right, like if there was like some lost substance that we just like you know kind of kind of glanced over in the past and just like didn't take note of. No. No. Oh. No, it's, it's it's like honestly kind of impressive how like there might be less than I expected in a lot of ways. I it took a lot of work to make this fall fall as flat as it did. Do you do you have anything more you want to say about this episode? Because I'm I'm like I, I am kind of feeling like I like I have said my piece on on this, and I don't I don't I, I could keep going. Yeah, but I, I don't know how much of a good podcast that is because that is just a saying like damn, soccer doesn't get to do anything in this show. And like, yeah, I mean, like, I could keep saying, I could keep saying that for hours, but I mean, you know, what? Are... In theory, like, that would be a pretty bad podcast to listen to. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I'm like, because we all know it. I'm sure everybody listening fucking gets it. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the choir's gotta get tired of getting preached to some sometime. So let's uh, let's maybe wrap it up. What are we watching next week? Next week we are watching episodes thirty-three, thirty-four, and thirty-five of Naruto. All right. If you want to support the show, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Konoha Crush, all one word. Uh, get access to early episodes, uh, you know, special like bonus podcasts. And if you pay me a lot of money, that's $100, I will draw your Naruto OC. So, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, any images we talk about in the podcast will be uh, on our Twitter uh, at Konoha Crush, all one word. Uh, and you know what? Thanks. Thanks, thanks for sticking with us. Ten episodes. It's like kind of a big deal. We're like a real podcast now. We're really a real podcast now. And all of these episodes matter. Yeah, I mean, like, we're on Spotify and shit now. It's great. So, you know, uh, it, look look for us. You know, look, look for us wherever you like listening to podcasts. And, like, we might be there. Like, for real. So, uh, later. Remember, there's no such thing as filler.